Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. and welcome back to another episode of the Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. As always, super excited to be back with you for another episode. Thank you for continuing to listen and to support. Um, Your feedback is always great, whether that's on social media, on our website, um, through our blog. Um, It's been really, really cool just to see how the Emerald Couch has grown. Um, And so, of course, if you're listening, you probably have already done this. But if you haven't or you know someone who hasn't, make sure that you subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Follow us on social media on Instagram. That's at Go Small Talk Counseling. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Small Talk Counseling. And then you can check out our website where we have everything um, going to one sort of hub space if you are enjoying what you're hearing and want to know more of how to connect with us. So we've reached episode 39 and we're going to be talking about overcoming adversity today. I think this is a particularly important topic when we sort of put it within the lens of mental health, because oftentimes it's not necessarily that we have these uh, grave issues that we carry with us on a daily basis, but the buildup of maybe small things that often feels um, like a mountain to have to overcome. And what we often see is when people sort of don't tackle those little pebbles when they're still pebbles um, before they become mountains, challenges build and just creates a whole different dynamic around how to be able to then care for yourself um, from an emotional wellness perspective. So we're going to talk about adversity um, and kind of how to overcome that. Also, some of the benefits of being able to overcome adversity and how to utilize that. Then we have just a brief but very special topic for our um, pop psych moment of the week and our small talk bookshelf and then we'll be out of your way for episode 39 so let's go ahead and get started so just to define adversity a little bit for people um, because i know everyone may not necessarily understand adversity in terms of its formal definition but we probably all know what it feels like to face adversity so adversity is defined as a state or instance of serious or continued difficulty or misfortune So a lot of times people may say, um, you know, anything that could go wrong will go wrong, um, that sort of thing. And maybe because they have felt sort of this um, ongoing list of challenges or difficulties to the point where they feel like they haven't had any let up from them. Um, And in most cases, adversities are these things that continuously feel like a series of unfortunate events. Well, what often happens when we end up with someone in the therapy room is that 
they have somehow sort of linked together the bad things that have happened in life, right? So that could be trauma from childhood, that could be a broken relationship, losing a job, um, a major change, sort of life change. So any of those things um, could totally be a part of what it looks like to be facing adversity. And so, of course, it can be self-defined, but um, that's our main definition that we're going to be operating from today, um, just so that you have an idea. So what we know about adversity through research is that um, we actually have more positive experiences through negative ones. So a lot of times we assume um, the bad things in life are the worst things in life because um, when they happen, we hate them. We just don't necessarily um, appreciate having our life sort of feel like it's falling apart um, or coming apart at the scenes. And so what typically happens um, for us emotionally is that our brains tend to focus more on the negative aspects of our lives versus those positive ones. And so we kind of end up taking the good things for granted and then end up blowing up problems or issues that come up. And so as a consequence, we obviously fall prey to sort of the small kind of petty concerns that happen day to day, the little small annoyances that occur um, just in our everyday lives. And so then we allow those to then determine our state of well-being or um, our positive outlook or lack thereof. And so being able to sort of recognize that um, I think it's critical as we sort of dive into this conversation to know that it's not always that you have this long, long laundry list of bad things that have happened, but that you see those bad things as much um, more stressful or um, the, the voice behind those bad things is much louder than the voice encouraging you or letting you see the good um, in day to day as well. So what we've known for many, many years um, and, and still now that people tend to find their experiences of when things don't necessarily fit together in our minds. So in psychology and in counseling, we call that dissonance. Um, we find that to be super distressing. And so in those moments, we are looking for meaning, right? So if we uh, experience, if we have to experience something negative, then we at least want to know why. Um, and that's human nature to sort of want to feel like that. And so because we are these creatures that are interested in meaning making, it's often important for us to feel like situations make sense. So what that also tells us is that even though we might not like the way an experience feels, we're actually okay with it if we can determine the meaning behind it um, or discover the meaning behind it. And so you all know I love psychology today. Um, and so there's an article there that I'll share in the show notes um, that's specifically about embracing when hardships happen. Um, and actually it being probably one of the keys to happiness that we overlook often day to day. Um, and that article in particular is by Dr. Emma Sapila. Um, and so what she sort of presents is that there's a growing number of studies specifically centered around things like mindfulness, which we've talked about on the show, um, and acceptance and commitment therapy, which we haven't talked about. And maybe we will, because um, I just realized that we hadn't. Um, kind of showing that rather than sort of resisting when difficult things happen, um, that we should try to embrace them. So not um, fully giving in to the fact that maybe something that we don't like or that makes us uncomfortable or that even makes us sad or causes us pain um, is something that we can't still grow from. And so embracing those difficult situations actually tends to increase our overall well-being. And so whether or not you know, you choose to let the negative experience bring you down or you can choose to embrace them and sort of rise above the circumstance. That doesn't mean that you are going to be this person that becomes sort of emotionless, right? And that you tend to 
uh, have things happen and then have no response so that you choose not to embrace them. And so instead, being able to really sort of think about what it looks like when hardships come or when uh, negative things come. So that's a really great article just to think about. Um, From a a clinical perspective, um, and sort of when I am thinking about this with my clients, um, I tend to always bring up the point of there is what we or what I call self-constructed adversity versus like just going through a rough time or challenging times. And so those self-constructed adversities are things that we do cause. Um, They're not the just random life circumstances like a flat tire or losing a loved one. Um, These are things like poor decision making, like us not doing what we know we probably should do in order to have the life or the happiness that we want to live. Um, Negative relationships, keeping people around that don't necessarily bring positivity into your life. And while they may not necessarily say anything negative to you or um, trigger you in that way, um, their presence or their lack of support definitely plays a part um, in your ability to be happy or not or to feel supported or not. And then um, the last thing that I always point out to folks is over time when we have had bad things happen or we don't sort of have a good grasp on the fullness of our well-being. And so we've talked about sort of that wellness wheel on the show in those six to seven areas that we should be thinking about. A lot of times we have a diminished moral compass. And so we choose to sort of live in this like negative state um, because that's much more comfortable. It's, It's so much harder to try to think above and beyond Um, negativity because it's just easier. Our brains are wired that way. And so when our moral compass becomes diminished, it's our way of sort of becoming protective of our emotions when actually we are also probably um, not even fully expressing our our emotions um, and then sort of following out or living life in a way um, that is much more subpar to what we're used to when it comes to making good decisions or getting rid of those negative people, all of those things. So and thinking about, and this kind of goes back to the articles and I'm trying not to spoil it, but I think, you know, we have to recognize that like we don't have control over the situations that life brings to us, but we do have control over how, you know, we choose to respond to them. So we, we always have choice. I always talk to my clients a lot about Um, circumstances versus choice. And so as we try to work to pursue happiness, like the article points out, um, alone, we can choose to let negative things bring us down, or we can understand that like life is characterized by things that happen. Um, In the article, they call those contrasts. And so we can start to somehow experience gratitude and understanding um, in order to be able to grow and figure out where our well-being and our positive perspective and our wisdom fits into um, the lesson maybe learned from that experience that was quite uncomfortable or negative. So just in thinking about this topic, and obviously, like I always recommend, if you are interested in maybe processing how you've been handling adversity in the past with um, a licensed clinician, you should definitely do that. And if you are not in our area, we can definitely help you find someone. But really being able to recognize that it's not just about surviving hard times. Adversity is not just about getting over the hump. That's resilience. And we, we've talked about that a little bit, but we can talk about that some more on another episode. Um, but really just how you deal with difficulties and what you're able to learn from them. Um, and that's often, if you talk to anyone who has been through the therapeutic process, that's usually what they come out saying. They've been able to sort of gain a different outlook on life that helps them to not see the challenges that are going to come because they're going to come um, in the same way. And so just being able to really think about that, gain a new perspective and practice, of course, positive well, well-being. So 
that's our conversation today on adversity and overcoming adversity. Um, obviously, we could probably spend another, I don't know, episode or two talking about um, creating happiness and joy, which maybe we will do, um, but also some of the practices that assist with that, like I mentioned earlier, like mindfulness and um, acceptance and commitment therapy. So um, definitely some some future ideas maybe to come down the line. But of course, if you have thoughts about adversity that you want to share with us, um, please make sure you do that either in our Ask Dr. LP um, submission portal or send them um, our way by email and you could end up on the show with your comments. So we're going to take a quick break right there and we'll be back with our signature segments. Hey there, we are back with the second half of our show and our signature segment. So first up is our pop sack moment of the week. So we are now in the month of March, which means we are celebrating Women's History Month. So shout out to all my ladies out there because we know we run the world. Um, But I did think that it was important as we think about, we've talked about adversity today and we could probably, again, do another episode or even have a laundry list of topics Um, around specifically, you know, women and some of the adversities they end up facing in the workplace and the home environment and education. Um, The list could go on and on and on. But I did think that it was important for our pop psych moment of the week just to highlight um, a little bit of the history behind Women's History Month, um, just so that as we move forward into the month of March, um, you can find a way to encourage the women in your life, whether you are Um, a woman listening to this or a guy listening to this to know um, that women have made such magnificent contributions to our society um, and that it's really important as we think about, again, this topic of overcoming and facing adversity, um, that we really become a part of um, those happiness little spots or those happy spots um, within someone's life and particularly for this month within um, the women that are in your life, in their life. So just a little background about Women's History Month. Um, It actually has its origins as a national celebration um, dating back to just in 1981 when Congress passed um, a bill which authorized and requested the president to proclaim the week of um, March 7th, 1982 as Women's History Week. So you heard that right. I didn't say 1881. I said 1981. So that wasn't that long ago. It's less than 40 years Um, And so just being able to recognize that there has to be um, a highlighting of what women contribute. And so when they initially created that Women's History Week, um, within the five years following that, Congress sort of continued to pass these joint resolutions designating a week in March um, as Women's History Week. And so that just kind of continued. And so in 1987, after being petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress passed Finally, another resolution was designated the month of March 1987 as Women's History Month. And so between 1988 and 1994, Congress has passed several other additional resolutions requesting and authorizing the president to proclaim March of each year as Women's History Month. And so, um, of course, since 1995, all of our presidents, except maybe this current one, um, have issued a series of annual proclamations sort of designating the month of March as Women's History Month. So... Um, it's interesting how even though like the, we've had these resolutions passed and that they've sort of been 
formalized in the sense of designating the week that even to this day, we still have to sort of have this like proclamation um, in order to make sure that people even recognize Women's History Month. So I thought that was interesting just in general as we think about, again, facing adversities and the challenges that come, but to recognize that um, as, as late, in my opinion, as 1981, um, which again, isn't necessarily that long ago, um, which is, I think, again, in itself, something super, super interesting about the fact that we continue to even have to think about shaping um, a month in this way for the specific purpose. Um, but obviously on this show, we obviously honor and recognize women in every form, especially being a woman myself. I think that it is important um, for us to be able to highlight, particularly knowing that um, in the field of mental health, while most clinicians actually tend to be um, women, when it comes to sort of jobs, if you're not in private practice, or if you work in a hospital or at a university, um, you are still subject to some of the, the gender-based biases that happen around pay and wages and benefits um, that are not appropriate, in my opinion. So I think just being able to shout out um, women for this month. And so um, our other episode this month as well for our Pop Psych Moment of the Week will obviously be about women. Um, and if you haven't seen it already, and it's particularly just around um, athletes or sports, but uh, there was a commercial that Nike put out featuring Serena Williams and a bunch of other high profile athletes, as well as everyday um, folks, just sort of highlighting the strength of women and sort of this idea of being able to um, create your own sort of magic around uh, being who you are, um, but also that in the midst of that, people are going to call you crazy, people are going to doubt you, um, and if they are going to do that, then give them a reason to do it. And so this month is no different. Um, it actually probably is a great, powerful month to actually have that message on display. And so I hope that if you haven't already figured out what you're going to do to celebrate Women's History Month, that you do, because we're going to be here all month long. So that's our Pop Psych Moment of the Week. So last up is our Small Talk Bookshelf. And so, of course, in keeping with our topic and sort of theme um, in honoring Women's History Month, um, I'm actually reading, ironically, because I started reading this right before the month started, um, a wonderful um, book by Grace Booney. Um, and it's called In the Company of Women. And so it's an excellent book with lots of sort of advice and inspiration from entrepreneurs and founders and artists from all around the world, all women, of course, um, just talking about how they've started their companies, some of the challenges they face, particularly around adversities um, within their fields, but also just being able to sort of hear, hear from everyday women um, how they've been able to do what they've done. And so, of course, um, I can't spoil it because there's like a multitude of profiles on women so far that I've read that I think are wonderful, but I'll let you read them for yourself. But I definitely think it's a great read for both men or women to really look at what does it mean to work for or work with um, a woman in charge and um, how great it is to be able to have some real life examples from these wonderful entrepreneurs and artists and creatives um, and founders. And so, of course, Pick it up if you can. You can probably purchase it on Amazon um, or other places as well. And since we'll be celebrating Girl Power all month long, and really we kind of do all year long, um, this month will obviously be no different. But um, pick it up if you can. Definitely take a look at it. I think anyone who could come across it would enjoy it. I definitely am. 
Um, and that's our small talk bookshelf of the week. So, friends, that brings us to the end of a show. Um, this was probably one of our quickest episodes yet, which is great because my goal has been to try to make sure that you can fit these in as you go about your day to day. And so, obviously, if you have questions for us through our Ask Dr. LP segment, um, you can submit your questions on Instagram, Facebook, through our website, or email them to us directly. Um, We will always try to showcase those on Mondays when we launch our new episodes. So kind of making it a mental health Monday if we can. Um, As always, I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, We have so many more exciting things coming up this season. Lots of new guests, lots of fun topics. Um, I'm really, really excited about what's ahead. Obviously, I hope that you are planning your Women's History Month and doing something great in honor of that. As always, like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, to our blog and submit your questions if you have them. Thank you all so much for tuning in and I will see you right back here next time on the Emerald Couch.